Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Should Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Hi, friends. Shaburi here with Women's Hot Topics. Boy, do we have a hot topic today. We are doing a series on successful women. And today I have got a woman who she's got credentials as long as the day is happening. And she has worked with so many different variety of people that I can't wait for you to meet her. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Martha Bolton. And Martha Bolton is a prolific writer. She's an author. She's a playwright as well. She has written 88 books. I don't even know if I've read 88 books total in my life. I, I believe I probably did in college. But she's also an Emmy nominee. Uh, she also has a Dove Award nominee. She's authored on three New York Times bestselling books. She was nominated for the Writers Guild Award for her work on the Emmy-winning Bob Hope uh, show and his television specials. Martha, get this, friends, was Bob's first full-time female staff writer. I mean, you have blazed the trails, Martha. Um, and she has worked with him for an awfully long time as a staff writer for Bob Hope. Martha had the opportunity to write for the virtual who's who of entertainment and politics. Martha also wrote for one of my favorite Phyllis Diller. Now I'm dating myself, friends, but I love Phyllis Diller. And if you don't know her, you got to Google her name and look at some of her comedy. It was great for many years. Crediting Phyllis and Bob Hope writer Jean Perrette for launching her Hollywood writing career. But I want you to hang in there a minute. I was following up and I was studying who she was. And I saw a video from Phyllis Diller. Well, Phyllis came on and said, Bob Hope might have eight writers, but I got one. And it's Martha Bolton. And Martha has been writing for Christians, for comedy, for a very long time, such as Mark Lowry, Shonda Pierce, Jeff Allen, and numerous others. Um, you know, you see pictures of her on her website with Wayne Newton, George Burns. She also speaks and she teaches. And you can find her at MarthaBolton.com. But what I really got a kick out of was some of her books. Phyllis Diller said when she's not writing for her, she's writing books, book after book after book. And one of the books, I just got a crack up on, it was hilarious. She titled it, Didn't My Skin Used to Fit? I love that. I'm feeling that way today. And she also wrote a book, Can I Hide in Bed Until Jesus Comes? How about Cooking with Hot Flashes? I love that. How about The Whole World is Changing and I'm Too Hot to Care? So you guys, please go to her website, check out all of her books, buy them, read them, laugh, because this world needs a whole lot more laughter. But Martha also has had stage work, uh, including writing a script for The Confession, uh, Half Stitched, Joshua for President. Um, she's also served as author and playwright for Blue Gate Musicals and uh, Our Christmas Dinner. She does holiday shows, Christmas in Paradise. You guys, the list goes on and on. But I want you to hear from her directly. Thank you and welcome Martha Bolton for joining our show. Well, it's great to be on and thank you for having me and looking forward to speaking with you for this period of time and, and hopefully a lot longer. 
I, I agree. I agree. She's also married to Russ, her high school sweetheart. I married my high school sweetheart and a retired Los Angeles police sergeant. I tell you, he must have some stories to share. And she's um, blessed to have three sons. Two are adopted and one is biological and are abundantly blessed to be. How do you say it? Paka and Nana? Oh, Paka. Paka and Nana. Yeah. I love it. To seven, <laughs> including a set of twins. Um, I tell you, you guys, she is a blessed woman in her family and in her career. And again, thank you for joining us. So where do I get started with somebody who's got such an amazing uh bio. I mean, really, it's it's just so fascinating. I get so excited. Where do I start? Martha, some women feel at a young age that they were destined to do great things. Did you have this feeling when you were young? Well, I did have a feeling that I was destined to write. And uh, the interesting part of that is I never really considered it as a career. I just loved to write, started writing when I was nine, and wrote um poetry uh, would tape the poems above my bed I was always I was always a writer uh, that just was what I loved to do but I I never connected that that I would become a writer and actually get paid to write <laughs> I, I never put the two together I I took secretarial uh, topic uh, subjects in school which definitely came in handy as I started writing sure. but that was that was where I thought I was going was that direction and how God puts everything together is so fascinating in life. And definitely as it's been that way in my life, because I was following a secretarial career and then I got a job as a church secretary. And wouldn't you know, as a job as a church secretary, the pastor asked me if I would like to write a church play and, and it all started from that moment on. So actually God, you know, just, put all the pieces together and, and put me on that path. And each one of the places where I've been, it has led to the next place. And often after a closed door, and then another door opened up that where I was really supposed to go, where I was heading one direction. And, and I thought uh, that fell through. And then you're, you're kind of depressed a little bit. And I'll get into all of that as, as far as, you know, several of those examples, but um, it did start when I was a kid. And then uh, when I got married at 18 and then, you know, became the church secretary about 1920, started doing plays and it just went on from there. So. Wow. That is exciting. And so was there one person that you can think of that really helped you launch your career? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that would be Jean Parrott. And I was uh, I was having a lot of a positive feedback from the church people that I should be writing for Hollywood. I had never thought about it, but I had also been roasting the pastor and different people in the church, like the Dean Martin roast. And I'd write, you know, all these uh, this material and then okay, so would get up. As our friends listen, would you describe to our friends what a roast is? I know what it is, but some people might not. <laughs> well, a roast is when number one, the base, uh, the basis of a roast is that you love and honor the person. Number one, uh, so you know, you uh, sometimes roast can get mean, and and uh, uh, you know th that's not honoring them. So 
when I would roast the pastor, we would we would tell funny stories that had happened, you know, with him um, or, uh, you know, different things, different quirks that he had. But it was all in fun. And, and the person of honor is enjoying it just as much as everybody else, if not more. So that's what I started doing. And then I got invited by other churches to come roast their pastor. <laughs> and and it really got my comedy muscles working. And then I, I you get that to where you know what, how to make audience laugh and, and how to, you know, write the joke so that the punch is in the right place and all of that. Well, I was just working for the church. So I was just having fun. And then with all the encouragement that I was getting, then I started thinking, well, maybe I could, you know, do something more with it. And I started publishing uh, plays that I had written. So I was doing that. And and then also um, I, I read a book by Gene Parrott and he was talking about how he had started his comedy writing career uh, also roasting people at his job and then he had also uh you know done some writing for some of the same people that I had written for so I thought you know I was just going to write him and tell him that I enjoyed his book and that we had some things in common so I did and then he contacted me and invited me down to see a taping at the at that time he had been a writer for Carol Burnett show but at that time he was a creative consultant on mama's family so he invited me down to come see a mama's family taping and then after the show we went across the street him and my husband and myself and I had brought this scrapbook I was also writing a newspaper column at the time and I had this scrapbook of all my you know jokes and newspaper columns and whatnot so he's looking through it very graciously wonderfully encouraging and then asked me if I had thought about writing for Hollywood and that he I should be writing for Hollywood so he suggested I write a spec script for mama's family and so I went home and I was so excited I didn't want to let the moment pass I didn't have a typewriter that was working at that time <laughs> so I went down to the local library and for a quarter for 20 minutes I just kept feeding quarters into this typewriter machine <laughs> that they had there that you know that was automated that you had to pay for but I just, I wrote up, I ended up writing two scripts for him and then I got it to him and then he got it to Ed Simmons, uh, who was the producer and it just went along and everybody was positive. And then Ed called me up and said that he'd like me to come in the next season and pitch some show ideas for Mama's family. So I was, as you can imagine, I was so excited. Well, what happens in Hollywood, the show didn't get picked up. So oh, I'm no. like, oh my goodness, are you kidding? So I was, I, it ended up getting picked up later, but at that period, it didn't get picked up. So my my hopes and dreams just got, you know, crashed, came crashing down. And then Gene says, would you like to try writing for Bob Hope? And I about fell off my chair. I and, would guess so. It would have blown oh, your mind. Bob oh, Hope, Bob the Hope. comedian. Yes. And so I had to, write some jokes really fast so that he could get it to him and he got it to him and then I was waiting to hear back and then one night uh, about 11 at 11 11 30 at night the phone rang and it was Bob Hope 
and he told me he loved my work and he just kept calling me and I ended up uh, becoming his first woman staff writer and was with him for 15 years. Wow. I can't even imagine. I mean, Bob Hope, <laughs> when I think of Bob Hope and I think of uh, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. And yeah. you know, all the big greats. Uh, yeah. Did you have a chance to meet some great celebrities? I bet oh. when he would oh. have you Definitely. there for writing. Definitely. And at his parties, we would we would meet them and you know, interact with them at his uh, tapings because he whenever he had he did a TV show or, you know, personal parents or whatever, he would bring on all of these people. They were his buddies and, and friends from all the way back. So you'd have these shows and uh, we'd get called into his dressing room sometimes for a line change, you know, something that. He wanted something different, so we'd go work on it, and then we'd bring it into the dressing room to to tell it to him. And then there, Bob would be uh, in his chair getting his makeup done, and then there in the room also would be like Lucille Ball or Milton Berle or Danny Thomas, George Burns, and you're like, I don't believe this. How in the world did I get here? But look at the path, you know? It was all... It just was all divinely orchestrated that that uh, it all went that direction. Yeah, you hit that on the head. Divinely orchestrated. Look what God does with our life. You know, he tells us, I know the plans I have for you, yeah. declares the Lord. And he clearly had a plan for your sense of humor, for your wit and your comedy. Um, and, you know, I loved Phyllis Diller. I loved her wit. Um, and so I often wonder how comedy writers come up with their material. Do you have a source or what do you look at uh, deep down in your heart before you start writing? <laughs> you, you watch the comedian as much you study them. And and I was doing that already when I would study the pastor. <laughs> so you can see where, you know, God all the way back was training me. I didn't realize it, but to study them. And so when I, if I wrote for Bob, I was studying him and, and getting that cadence of his, of his jokes, getting the types of jokes. What does he talk about? And you start studying Phyllis Diller. What does she like to talk about? And uh, it just was this going almost, you know, going to the college of, of Phyllis Diller, the university of Bob Hope. That's what you're doing. You're studying them. And then I, I um, would, take the topic, whatever it was, if it was one that was given to me, like then they, they both did that as well as others where, where they say, I'm going to be here, or this is in the news. I want something on that. So then they give you some direction of where they want you to go. And then you sit down, you have the topic, you have their style, and then you start breaking it down on, on what you could say about that topic. Uh, and just a lot of times it just is words that go with that topic. And then you just look at the words and you're just tossing them around in your head and and um, you you get a, you get setups, you get jokes and then you need to get the setup or you get the setup and then you need the joke. So you just you just keep playing around. And and what I do is I get I have a lot of half jokes and a third of a joke. And then when it's completed, <laughs> Not the whole then, joke. Yeah. Then when it's completed, then I'll circle it on the paper. And then I'll have this paper that's got all these jokes circled. And then those are the ones that I type up. And then you're you still fine-tuned all along. You must be laughing your head. I mean, you must laugh at your own jokes. <laughs> well, that's when you that's how you want it to, to go. Because when you laugh out loud, 
at something that you've written, then you know, okay, that, and it usually is, that'll be the one that's the winner all the way down the line. Uh, but you, you know, you keep going until you, you, you have to be hard on yourself. You have to make sure, okay, is this something that I would laugh at? You know, because a lot of times people will write, especially beginning writers, they'll write statements and it's not a joke. It's just, it's so hot. I can't believe it's so hot. I took off my jacket. Well, that's just a statement. It's not a joke, you know, so you have to keep going until keep asking yourself, is this a statement or is it something that's going to make somebody laugh? And then well, you that's just a good reminder. And that's a good question. outline to follow. Is it a statement or something that's going to make people laugh? Do you ever go to like malls or look around at different groups and, and see things that happen and that gives you inspiration and you just start writing it down because you figure someday you're going to use it? All the time. I, I, I keep paper and uh, pens in my purse. It's, a lot of times you can't find, you know, a working pen because I've gone through all the ink, but I'm always writing. I I, I do that. It, I always have paper with me because if you don't write it down, you forget it. And and it's so sad when some funny thought came into your head and then you're trying all night to remember what it was. So I, I've learned to write on receipts. I write on a, my mattress. <laughs> I don't know what. I write wherever I've got, wherever I can put it down. And then I, I know where it's at. And then, okay, I go, to, I go back there when I'm working on whatever it is that that joke was for. Okay. I put it there, you know, but yeah, I, I have lots of paper that has jokes. You're going to have to remind me of the title, but you wrote a book about uh, jokes for old people. Can you remind me what that title is called? <laughs> it's forgettable jokes. Wait, uh, forgettable, for. Look at you already for forgot. Older people, I think it. it <laughs> yeah, I've got it. It's, it, and that's all. That's all on. Um, I think it's forgettable jokes for uh, older people. I believe is is the title. But I think that I, was hilarious because that's me. I forget <laughs> everything, and you know it's so helpful. And I love the fact that you forgot it too. That makes it even more special. <laughs> that was the appropriate title for that, that book. To, to forget that exactly. Well, yeah. the it was originally going to be unforgettable and then I kept I said well we should put it forgettable because yeah <laughs> we're always forgetting yeah exactly. absolutely what yeah. good humor do you think that your humor <laughs> has changed over the years versus when you were younger until now well it changes with your um kind of with your stage in life sometimes and and I don't think it I don't think you lose what you had at, at the different stages in your past but now uh like when I was writing for Phyllis and uh, different ones and, and Bob, different ones that were way older than me, I was in my late 20s, early 30s when I'm writing these aging jokes. Well, now I can really write them because <laughs> you're like, oh, man, yeah. So at the back then, I was kind of imagining what it would be like. But now now I've got a whole lot more material, you know, so. Um, but then at the same time, when you're writing about kids and, you know, that stage of life, school and all of that, uh, it, you know, it might be harder to write those today than, than it was when I was in the middle of it. So, yeah, yeah. I, yeah generations always... have changed. That's for sure. But comedy yeah. is comedy and we need, we need, I mean, God even has a sense of humor. I Absolutely. mean, look at husband and wives. I mean, I, I just joke all the time with my husband. God has got a sense of humor, honey. And um, so tell me a little bit, if you would, about your faith 
and how God has impacted your career? Well, like I was saying, I mean, he led every step of the way. And I remember when I was, because uh, I had been writing in church. And when I started writing uh, for the mainstream market, for the uh, different entertainers that were in more in Hollywood and whatnot, I, I remember I did not want to turn my back on writing for church and then just go there. Because a lot of times that happens, you know, where somebody gets a big break in Hollywood and then, you know, they're, they're no longer singing at the, you know, in the church play or, or whatever that they, that everything that gave them their start, then it, it's kind of go, goes into the background. And I didn't want to do that. And so I, I remember I was at a conference and they were saying, you know, to stand up if you wanted to dedicate your talent to God. And I remember standing up and, and, and telling God that I wanted you know, it was great that these opportunities were opening, but I also wanted to continue writing for the church. And, and I wanted to do both at the same time, have them both go up together. And, and, and it's been that way. God has opened the doors in both departments. And um, it's just been, it's just been amazing to watch. It doesn't mean that life's been easy. It hasn't been. <laughs> life, life can give you some tough, tough, tough places to walk. But God has always been faithful, and it, it, whether the disappointments is is something in in career wise, if it's something in the health of one of your loved ones, it, life has its ups and downs, and uh, it's been that way through our life. We've had some really really difficult things to walk through. That it, walking through one right now that's just been um, just amazing, and. Uh, from the from the, from the get go, from early marriage, it's been tough. Early marriage, it's been tough. Every every step, uh, we had we had trouble having children, and had a miscarriage and a stillbirth. Mm, I'm sorry. And, and uh, full term full term stillbirth, and then and then we adopted two children, and then I had a biological son, and then two days. They came and told us that he had heart trouble and was going to need open heart surgery. And it was just, and this is all in my 20s at the same time that all these other wonderful things are happening. And and you just, you don't know what's going on. But God was giving giving me a depth of trust in his faithfulness. And that has lasted all throughout the life of all the ups and downs and whatever has happened and then right now we're in the middle of our uh, grandson had kidney failure about uh, just right before his high school graduation. He's getting ready to join the military, total kidney failure. And he's been on uh, dialysis, going into his fifth year now, waiting for a kidney. And then this last November, we got the call that that his heart had stopped in the er and oh my goodness it 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 was <laughs> unbelievable oh. difficult but mm -hmm. we went down they had the meeting we had three pastors go down and meet us at the hospital they called the family and told us there was no hope and even if he were to come out of it he wouldn't be there he his heart he had no heartbeat for a half hour and they, uh, the ER doctors did CPR on him. Um, 
And one night, <laughs> a couple nights after that, I get a video sent from my son, his father, and and he was in a uh, the our grandson was in a you know uh, an induced coma. They, he was on a ventilator, and it was it was just like Demar <laughs> Hamlin. He started responding, and this is after two meetings where they told us he wasn't going to make it, just to wow. go and plan the funeral, basically. And he came, and now to make a very very long story short, but uh, now he's he's doing great. He's himself. Awesome. He, no damage. Prayer. Abs a miracle. An absolute yes. miracle. Even the doctors are calling it that. They that it was out of their hands. They said there was no way. That is only God. And how I, long did you say his heart had stopped? Thirty minutes. Wow. I mean, that's just yeah. unheard of. We just did a show on near death experiences, and also another yeah. show on what people see and say right before they die. And did he have any stories to share about what he might have seen? Not yet. He doesn't even remember. Uh, his memory goes up to the, um, uh, like about a week before or two weeks before this happened. That's the last thing he remembers was his little brother's birthday party. But it's been kind of uh, just right now. Uh, it's it's not, you know, he doesn't remember. He sure. remembers after he came too and after all of that but uh but it's just been you know just just blocked out right now yeah but it may he may remember it down the road Maybe. but he's he's doing great and awesome. uh, just I, i'm just amazed amazed at it we had so many people praying so many mark lowry had had me uh come on his podcast and all of his people were praying our churches other churches were praying everybody was praying wow. and they have been the whole journey of the of the five years they've been praying but boy oh boy I, I, the oh grace of god absolutely absolutely yeah, he's gonna have a story he's gonna have a testimony to yeah. share with people that's for sure <laughs> absolutely you know yes. you had mentioned earlier too a little bit about i i don't know if i'm gonna say it exactly how you said it but um, oftentimes when you got rejected or the door closed, another door opened. Um, and then, of course, then you would have some persecution with that as well. Can you share a little bit about that? Well, the, you know, when, um, when, when a door closes, you don't understand. And, and, and you have those thoughts that, you, you know, why? I, you know, I did all the work because I had gone and fed the quarters into the machine. I did all of this work. Why did it, did it close? But God knew where he was putting me. Now, did, was any of that work wasted? No, because I've gone on and have written scripts and, and, and have, you know, write the musicals and I, and the uh, plays that I was doing in church was precursor to that. I mean, nothing is wasted so anytime that you've put in effort or that you you know you uh pushed yourself and then you go well, why did I push myself then if that didn't come well you pushed yourself for something else that's getting ready to come down the line you don't know what it is yet but you're gonna look back someday and go that's why it happened that's why I pushed myself that look at what I learned from that because what I learned from that experience is it it's not that hard to sit down and write a couple of scripts. Whereas before then I was 
doing all the work for the comedians and whatnot and some plays at church, but um, I had to rush it and write it. And I, I found out I could do that. So, wow. Wow. What a blessing. So hang in there, ladies, you know, hang in there, persevere. You see some dark times or some doors shut. God has going to open another door and allow you to walk through that with even greater blessing. I'm imagining um, that's for sure. So is there a time you just wanted to give up? Never in writing and never with God. Um, I, uh, there are things that you do, you wish were different. And, and then uh, you want, you, you know, I mean, the thought, you, you get that fleeting thought that will go through your head, is it worth it or whatnot, but, but I never kept it there. I always knew it was a bad thought and let it go. But it, uh, you just, I, it, what, with me, it always, uh, if there was some kind of difficulty or something, it pushed me to to do more it pushed me well i'm going to pour all of my frustration <laughs> all of my hurt all of my pain i'm going to pour it into my work and just keep keep doing it you know uh because it, it's very therapeutic to do that number yeah. one and number two it you could have a lot of fun with different characters and uh you know just you know different scenes that happen and whatnot you could draw on all of these experiences that you may or may you know you may have had in life or you somebody you know had or whatnot and it's not that you're writing the exact same thing but you know the feeling of that moment you know what sure. it feels like to be hurt you know what it feels like to be left out you know what all of that feels like so you can put it into your writing and if if you don't get those experiences then when you're writing, you're just making it up. But when God lets you have some of those experiences as painful as they are as a writer, wow, you you know. And, and on the confession, that was one thing that uh, when I read the book, the books of Beverly Lewis for the story, th that story I identified with because there is the loss of a baby. There is the adoptions. So, I mean, I knew when I read it, oh, I could write this. How, yeah. Why could I write it? Because I experienced it. Because you've been there. You experienced yeah. it. Yeah. So the confession, that is going to be exciting. I can't wait for it to come out. When it when does it come out for our listeners? It, it aired uh, on Up TV and they're going to be re-airing it. It's right now you can get it on streaming as well. And it uh, features... Shonda Pierce and uh, uh, John Snyder, and they did a great job. And, and, and you're gonna, uh, your listeners will really have fun watching them perform. And that, it was yeah. a Fathom event in the theaters, and then it, it had its premiere on uh, television with Up TV, and then they'll be re-airing it. And then you, it's also streaming right now if they go to. That's great. Uh, you guys got to tune in and watch that. That should be phenomenal. You know, in Hollywood, there are ups, there's downs, there's highs, there's lows. Is there a mistake that you've made or maybe you've seen somebody else make um, uh, that you would suggest what not to do when you're working on your career? Um, one thing that I see sometimes uh, is you may be desperate, but don't act desperate. <laughs> That that is one mistake where someone comes on and they just come on like, uh, you know, they're they're wanting everybody's uh, they're just they're too 
you know, the, the person who they're approaching is like, oh, you know, they, they're not quite sure. Or if things go wrong, how you act when uh, you get passed over or how you act when, uh, you know, that show or that script didn't get picked up or whatnot. Um, more, it, you, it goes so much, uh, God opens other doors. And, and when you just walk in that and you know, you know that you know that you know that that he's for you and you just don't know the full plan yet so just trust that and uh, Amen. You know, not not get caught up in 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 the other stuff because that's when you that's when you probably start burning bridges and and that kind of thing so you know, when people are watching too, God not only is watching, but yeah. people are watching too, how, like what you said, how you react to rejection. Maybe you didn't get this job, but maybe you'll get the next job. Um, our son, Ben Burry, he works in Hollywood. He's been with DreamWorks for a long time, as well as he's got some of his own shows. And he shares that same thing with me. Mom, this is the way the industry is. You know, one yeah. day you're as good as your last show really <laughs> is how it works. And so you got to learn to live with that. Um, And I'm always praying for him and uh, trusting that God is going to be guiding him. Um, What words of advice now, we're going to be speaking to the women. What words of advice would you like to give to help women succeed that have a drive and, and they might be getting frustrated or they want to get there, but they can't quite get there. What would you share with them? Well, it sounds simple, but it's very important. Don't give up because so many times I could look back in my life and at the moment when I almost put that project aside and moved on over here or uh, well, I was waiting for this phone call and it just never came, it, it's the very next thing that happens. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, whoa, I forgot all about that. And and it, it has a way of still coming through through but it may not be the way that you were expecting it it may be something different but don't give up it's almost like when you wait all day for a phone call at your house from whoever and you wait and you wait it could be the plumber (laughs) and as soon as you walk out the door the phone call comes and he says okay I'm on my way over he leaves you a message and you just left it's that kind of thing in in life so much of the time and it you know in careers that that you know they you don't hold on until it really has a chance in God's timing to work because God's timing is everything you don't want it to happen before God's timing if it happens before God's timing it may not have been in the condition that you're most proud of it may not have been, you know, you it may not have been ready. You needed some more work on it. And God's giving you a chance to do some more work on it. So it you just have to trust God's timing and and then just not give up. Just, you know, if you get kicked down, then get back up. You get back up immediately. The sooner you get back up, the the better. I always yes. tell people when uh, they're sending material out or whatnot always have more than one thing out there because if one comes back you get so sad that it takes you weeks sometimes months to get back up well if you've got other things out there and you're okay well that didn't come through but maybe this one will so you you still have hope and then you work on where you're going to send this next thing out again and put it out there 
and um, that's just worked for me. And uh, just I I uh, just keep keep trusting that each thing that you're working on is going to find the right home, and and be in the in, in the shape that that you're going to be happy with by the time it gets there. So yeah, uh, I love the way you phrase that. Everything's going to find its home. You know, and especially according to God's will and uh, what that will is. And you guys, prayer is powerful. You need to be praying up. You need to be giving it to God. God, what do you have in store for us? Um, What does this look like? What does my path look like? Um, And not doing it under your will, but under God's will. But then also there's a case where somebody might be praying and then they don't take any action. And God wants us to take action as well um, in that direction of what our dreams and our prayers are. Um, And so... With that in mind, you've got the the confession, which is out now, uh, which is, we can't wait to watch it. And then uh, is there anything in the works that's coming up that you're working on? Well, yes, uh, we now have, I think this is going to be our 14th musical and, and we're working in, the, we're in the middle of that right now. I'm working on that. And uh, then I'm also writing, I've been asked to write my own personal uh, career memoirs <laughs> so in, in the middle of middle of that I saved everything I got I have uh, so many notes and different things from different entertainers throughout the years and it's it's just I'm having a I'm having a lot of fun going through all all of my albums and stuff and then I'm also writing helping uh, my grandson write his story uh, that just happened and and uh, you know God's still you know, writing that story with his life day by day. So uh, those are the things I'm working on right now. That's so exciting. And, you know, would you do us a favor and come back on the show and share some of the newest stuff that you're working on? We'd love to promote it in any way possible. We have just fallen in love with you. You are so much fun, Martha. (laughs) Is there any way specifically that we can be praying for you? Well, definitely uh, all of these, these projects that we're working on and then, uh, absolutely praying for my grandson that uh, i mean i know god's going to use this and and uh, we're just praying that the transplant will go go well and and everything will just fall into place in his time so yes amen to that and you know scripture tells us not to uh, be anxious about anything but in all things with prayer and supplication give it to god and so father god i am praying for whoever's listening if they don't know you first of all, as Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that they just say yes. I don't even know what this means, Lord, but I want to say yes. I want to invite you in my heart. I need a Savior, and I need you from this point forward. Um, Friends, I ask that you confess your sins to the Lord, and as well, uh, turn to him, because he is our comforter. He is our guide. He is our lamp to our path. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Martha, for coming on. Well, I had fun. Thank you for having me. And it was I, fun. I definitely will come back. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. God bless you. Uh, friends, this is Sugbury Women's Hot Topic. You know I love you. Over and out. <laughs>